You're listening to the Boss Yourself First podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. If you want to be an effective leader, the first person you want to lead effectively is yourself. Self-leadership helps you create better relationships and a more fulfilling life, and in turn, lead others in a more authentic and impactful way. If this piques your interest, then stick around. I'm Robin White, your host, and this is Boss Yourself First. Welcome, everyone. Hey, I've missed you guys. Welcome to Season 2 of the Boss Yourself First podcast. I hope you had an amazing holiday season. I know it was probably different. I know at least it was for us. But we got creative about how to connect with our family and still keep everybody safe from COVID. And that creativity to work around limits leads me right into this season's topic. So this season, we are talking about constraint and how self-leaders can leverage constraint to move forward. As I mentioned, most of us encountered or imposed constraints on our holiday celebration. So it feels like this might be a really timely pursuit. I'm really excited about the topic for this season. I thought it was going to be our topic for season one of the podcast, but I kept seeing some things showing up, not only in myself, but in my clients. And so I switched gears and we talked about emotional agility in the first season. But this season is constraint. And we're talking about constraint. I think it's timely because we've all been dealing with constraints. Constraint and I have a long history. (laughs) And I find the mindset and the process of leveraging constraint really freeing. (laughs) That sounds a little like a paradox, constraint and freedom, but I think they're a powerful pairing. So I said I have a history with constraint and my constraints, at least the big ones, have really been physiological kind of conditions, meaning health conditions. So I've had three major constraints. I mean, I have some of the normal ones, (laughs) like finance and busyness and time. But um, the health constraints were kind of the impactful ones for me. And the first one showed up in my early 20s. The next one was in my 40s. And the most recent one in 2019. And I'll unpack these a bit more later in the season, but it's interesting because I can track my self-leadership skills and the development of those skills by my exposure to these constraints and how deftly I processed constraints to leverage them for forward movement, how quickly I moved through them. Also, my relationship with constraint has really informed my client work in ways that my training and certifications just never could. I hope to bring forward in this season with all of you guys um, some of that experience and hopefully connect with some of your experience as we explore and learn about constraints together. So as we do for each topic we explore on the podcast, I want to get really clear on how we're defining constraint. So today we're going to unpack our definition of constraint and explore why it's helpful And then at the end of the podcast, we'll share a challenge with you um, just to finish us off and get us moving forward and focusing in on this season's topic. The first definition I found when I began to prepare for this season was this. Constraint 
is a limitation imposed by outside circumstances or by ourselves that materially affects our ability to do something. Okay, so that was the first definition I found, and we're going to circle back to the definitions in just a minute. But before I do, I want to tell you a couple of stories that can help focus our ideas about constraint. I want to take you back to 1930 in Uruguay, where a young teacher named Juan Carlos Seriani devised a game similar to soccer, but that could be played inside for his students. So they could play year-round and they could play inside. And he named the game Futsal. And there are some differences between futsal and soccer, but the most noticeable difference is the size of the field. Futsal happens in a much smaller space. Seriani's game caught on. And in the 1930s and 40s, it became really popular in Brazil. And interestingly, today, there are more people in Brazil that play futsal than soccer. I thought that was really interesting. But there are a number of reasons or speculations about why this is. So the kind of dominant one that seemed to show up again and again in my research was that it was really the space limitation. Futsal was easier than soccer to accommodate, especially apparently in Brazil. They had uh, some space restrictions that they were really working with and a lot of people who wanted to play. But there was an intriguing side effect of Brazil's love affair with futsal. Because many Brazilian children start playing futsal and then later transition to soccer, they develop these extraordinary skills. The super agility in ball handling along with really quick reflexes and game decision-making skills. The smaller playing area of futsal requires that the athletes speed up their reactions and their decisions and their movements. And check this out, okay. During the 12-year span from 1958 to 1970, Brazil won three of the four World Cup champions. The constraint of futsal brought innovation to the athletic training of Brazilian soccer players. I think that's fascinating, and it's a really interesting look at the constraint that that futsal brought, that space constraint, speeding up uh, the reaction times of the athletes. Okay, so that was the first story. The second story I want to share, and you may already be familiar with this one, but a writer was challenged by his publisher to create a children's book, limiting himself to 225 words chosen for him. He didn't choose them. They were chosen for him from a six and seven-year-old's vocabulary list. So he had to write an entire children's book with this 225-word It's not really the amount of words so much as he could only choose from the 225-word list. So his goal was to make something more interesting and challenging than the current Dick and Jane books used in education at that point in time. So this kind of gives you an idea of, of when this was happening. Well, the writer grew frustrated with the list. And so he gave himself another constraint. So the first constraint was the list. The second constraint that he gave himself was that he was just going to choose the first two words on that list that rhymed and build his story around that. (laughs) So guess what those two words were. They were cat and hat. Yes, the writer was Theodore Geisel, also known as Dr. Seuss. Well, it was really interesting to me how he leveraged constraint to focus his creativity. 
the, the story actually continues. And if so, if that whole experience, he produced Cat in the Hat, it was a big hit. If that wasn't enough, then his publisher came back to him and then challenged him to create a children's book using only 50 words. So now it's not a specific list. It's, it's only 50 words. They bet $50, I guess, in honor of the 50 words. They bet $50 and Geisel went to work. But again, he got a little bit frustrated by the process. So again, he gave himself another constraint. He decided that he would do his best to only use one syllable words. So now he has a, a, a word limit, 50 words only, and he wants to try and use only one syllable words, which he did. So it took him nine months because no one said it'd be quick and easy, <laughs> but it took him nine months and he came up with the book using 49 one-syllable words and one three-syllable word. And that book was Green Eggs and Ham. So by now you either want to go dig out your Dr. Seuss books and look at them again, or maybe you're hungry and you want to go get some eggs and ham. I'm not sure I can get on board with the green, but I might give it a try if I was hungry enough. Okay, those are the two stories. I just wanted you to sort of get an idea of the way constraint can be leveraged. Now, if you've listened with us last season, you know that I choose a book to go along with our season. And no, I'm not choosing Dr. Seuss, but you know, that's always a fun read. I'm not, I'm always in for some Dr. Seuss. But the book I've chosen for this season is called A Beautiful Constraint by Adam Morgan and Mark Barden. Now, remember that if you want to read along as a group, I'll put a reading schedule in our Facebook group for the Boss Yourself First Facebook group. And you can read with us. And we'll also have a couple of Facebook Lives where we chat about the book through the season. Okay, the book is called A Beautiful Constraint. And you'll hear me refer to it through our season. But one of the reasons I chose it is that I really appreciate the author's approach in processing constraint, that it is a process, it's a cycle that we work through in dealing with it. And we're going to jump in, that's actually going to be the main focus of episode two, is that cycle of constraint. But I want to circle back now to our definition of constraint. Remember, I mentioned the one that uh, that I first found, which was a limitation imposed by outside circumstances or by ourselves that materially affects our ability to do something. Now, Morgan and Barden, the authors of A Beautiful Constraint, they wanted to amend that definition. In fact, they said they hoped that within 10 years of their book coming out, people would Google it and find this definition for constraint. And here's what they said. It's a limitation or defining parameter, often the stimulus to find a better way of doing something. So they wanted to put this more um, purpose addition to the definition. And I like the focus on the effects of constraint. So for our season, we're going to be defining constraint as a limitation or defining parameter imposed by outside circumstances or by ourselves that can stimulate creativity and innovation. So we put our own boss yourself first uh, spin on the definition. And I just wanted to be really clear. I know I've said the definition like four times now, but um, I wanted to be really clear what we're talking about this season. And you know me, I'll be repeating it throughout the season. So uh, you'll have it down by the end of our time together. So as our definition states, there are two kinds of constraints. Did you catch that? The two kinds are external, which are limitations imposed by outside forces or circumstances like the weather, which Seriani encountered and motivated him to design the inside activity for his students or the space restriction that motivated Brazilians to really embrace the smaller inside game. 
The other kind of constraint is internal, a limitation you impose on yourself to focus and inspire your thoughts like Geisel did, choosing the first two rhyming words on the list or later limiting himself to one-syllable words. I find it really interesting that most external constraints have a negative connotation, while most internal constraints have a positive connotation. I'm sure you've already noticed what might be contributing to that difference. Choice. Yeah, we feel empowered when we have a choice and we feel disempowered when we don't have it. And who wants to feel disempowered? But I think after we've done this work together, no matter which kind of constraint you encounter or impose, you'll be able to approach it feeling empowered because you'll know how to leverage it to move forward. There are so many different facets to explore and a variety of skills we can develop around constraint, and I hope you feel empowered and use that power to choose to tune in to our whole second season. See what I did there? (laughs) The best way to ensure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and I would be so grateful if you would take the time to leave a review. It helps others find our podcast, and it really encourages me. On our next episode, I think I already mentioned, we're talking about the cycle of processing constraint and the self-leadership principles to move through that process. Now, before you go, I promised you a challenge and I want to give it to you. It's the same challenge I gave myself. So we can start playing with the idea of choosing constraint and hopefully just creating some awareness so that as you kind of go through your week before episode two comes out, you'll notice constraints. You'll say, oh, yeah, that's a constraint. And you'll just kind of see where it shows up. Okay, so here's the challenge, and there's a little bit of a story behind it. And it really is a myth, because the origins of the story are, well, questionable. But it sets up our challenge well, so here we go. And I really like it, too. All right, so once again, we're traveling back in time, this time to the 1920s, to a crowded restaurant at the Algonquin Hotel in New York City, where Ernest Hemingway just made a $10 bet with some other writers that he was at, they were at the table with him. He made a bet that he could write a six-word short story. After composing the story on a napkin, he passed it around the table and collected his winnings. That's how the story goes anyway. Here's what his story read. His six-word short story. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Six words. Yeah, Um, my love for this story is not really diminished by its debatable veracity. I don't really care whether it's true or not. I just really like it. Regardless of who did it or how it happened, that is a six-word short story that really connects. So my challenge for you is to answer two questions using only six words in each answer. The questions are, how would you describe 2020? That was the first question. The second question is how do you hope to describe 2021? (laughs) I'm no Hemingway, but um, here are mine. (laughs) In answering how I described 2020 in six words, I wrote, and the whole planet stayed home. That was my six-word description. And then the second one, how do I hope to describe 2021? I wrote, gratefully, I left my mask behind. I hope you accept the challenge. And I would love to hear your answers. 
you can email them to me at robin at bossyourselffirst.com or post them on the Boss Yourself First Facebook page or comment on the Boss Yourself First Instagram. So come on, take the challenge. (laughs) Have a great week and until next time, take care. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found something to grab hold of and apply in your life. As always, any link or information mentioned in this episode can be found at bossyourselffirst.com in the podcast section. And if we haven't connected yet, and I would love to, DM me on Instagram at Boss Yourself First or come to the Boss Yourself First Facebook page and let me know how you're doing and what you think. I would really love to meet you. Thanks for being here and being you. Now get out there and lead with courage and kindness and boss yourself first and add your amazingness to the world. We sure need it. Talk to you soon, my friends.